whether you're online or right here in the room. And we're going to speak on the subject this weekend entitled, One More Time. And there are many of us who are needing a one more time from God. You have been saying lately, God, I need something fresh and new. And I want to point out God has refresh buttons. Yes, he does. In Psalm 23, it says that the Lord will restore our soul. In Isaiah 43, it says he sends springs in the desert. In Acts chapter 3, the word declares that the Lord will bring seasons of refreshing. Sometimes we need a refresh button. We need God to do it again. We need a one more moment in our life. We, our, our, our spiritual life wanes. Sometimes we feel depleted. Sometimes we lose our joy, our song. Sometimes we just feel like we're going through a drought and an empty season. We feel like we've, we've lost connection with our spiritual purpose. Oh, everything else is doing all right. The bills are paid. The kids are going to school. Everything's fine. But deep down in our spirit, we're missing something. In fact, in a little bit, I'm going to invite the worship team back on the platform. We're going to end this time in a and a season of worship. And may I, may I, may I do this? The culture at Westover, altar services are important. And I'm going to invite you, don't walk out on altar services. We'll give an appropriate dismissal. But we protect the anointing of God and when God is speaking. And I'm going to ask you in altar services, don't use that as a time to walk out. That's a time when God seals things in our life. Amen. And we're going to look at a person who speaks to us in this area. We're going to look at the life of Samson. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, he was a man that his weakness was turned into strength. So if you've got some weakness, can I tell you, God's about to bring some strength in your life. Samson, I'll just give you a little bit of water cooler conversation this week. Can I do that? Samson, do you know back 100 years ago, there was a man that had a luggage company and he wanted, he was a believer, and he was wanting to market his luggage. And he wanted people to know that the luggage that he sold was rough, rugged, and was durable. And as a believer, he named his luggage after a man in the Bible, Samson. And you know it as Samsonite, absolutely. That's how the Samsonite company got their name, from this man. Now, what we understand about Samson is Samson was a Nazarite. What's a Nazarite? A Nazarite made three vows unto the Lord. Isn't it interesting? Remember that, three vows. In fact, in Israel, I always do a teaching in the Holy Land on the mention of threes throughout the Bible, and, it's a, and it recurs time and time again. I don't have time for that teaching this morning. But there were three vows that a Nazarite took to the Lord. One was that they were to never cut their hair. Samson had long flowing locks of hair. Never cut his hair. Never touch anything dead. And never drink alcohol. God called Samson to be set aside because Samson was to be a great deliverer for the nation of Israel. And one thing we learn from the life of Samson, every new breakthrough requires a new level of dedication. Yes. God was going to do something, but for Samson to be that, it required a dedication, hence the Nazarite vow. 
And the same is true in our life. If you're at a moment that the prayers you prayed and the things you believed and the verses you quoted, you're still not getting through and you're still not discovering that breakthrough, that, that victory, that freedom, that, that, that move of God in your life, perhaps God is calling you to a new level of dedication. Well, Samson, Samson was that man. I will say most of our pictorial Bibles are wrong. Most pictorial Bibles will depict Samson as a muscular person, like a bodybuilder. He's this towering figure with arms like, like cannons, and his, and his fist could smite with a blow of military artillery. He was not that. In fact, the Bible says the Philistines looked at him and they could never understand where his strength came from. Hence, Samson was not a towering, muscular person. He was a scrawny, weak, short person because they never could understand where his strength came from. And there was a war going on in the nation of Israel between the Israelite people and between the Philistines. And some of you have read the Bible and you think the Bible is cruel because the Bible says God told them to completely annihilate the Philistines. But the Philistines was the ISIS of that age. You see, they were, they, were, they were vicious people. They were slaughtering murderous people. You can never negotiate with a Philistine. A Philistine would slaughter, kill, rape, and pillage. And God says there's, there's some things you cannot negotiate with. In order to have the land, you'll have to annihilate them. They were the ISIS of that day. And God selected Samson. Now, Samson met a lady by the name of Delilah. She was a devious, evil person, and she was plotting a scheme against Samson. You see, the Philistine said to, her, to Delilah, if you'll discover Samson's secret, the secret of his strength, and you'll disclose it to us so we can capture him and, and, we, can, and we can completely immobilize his power, we'll give you a lot of money. So she began her deceivious ploy and trickery with Samson. And one day, Samson finally did it. He shared with her the secret of his strength, which was a commitment to God, and it was symbolized in the flowing locks of hair. So while Samson slept, Delilah opened up the first supercuts in Israel. And she took a blade and cut off the locks of his hair. He awoke from his sleep. The Philistines rushed in, and Samson didn't know it, and he thought he was going to take them on, and then all of a sudden they seized him. He had no strength, and they did. Here it is, the mention of three, three things to him. They put out his eyes. They bound him hand and foot with chains of brass, and they put him to grinding wheat in the prison house. Which brings me to my text in Judges chapter 16. Join me reading verse number 25 and following. It says, And while they were high in spirit, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us so that Samson, so they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I might lean on them. 
Now the temple was crowded with men and women, and all the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Verse number 28 is what we're going to focus on today. I'm talking about spiritual renewal today. And it's all from verse number 28. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. And that's the prayer and the cry of some of us in our heart. God, I need a new touch. I, I want to find a fresh purpose. I want to renew my calling. I want to I renew the joy I have from the Lord. There was a time that I would read the Bible and it would speak to me, but now it seems to be, it seems to be antiquated and Scripture's not alive. I used to stand in the sanctuary of the Lord in worship and tears would come to my eyes and there's no more tears. I, I feel like my heart is empty in your need of spiritual renewal. I want to share with you from verse number 28, there are two insights for spiritual renewal. I'll call them requirements. Verse 28, the first requirement for spiritual renewal is that we must be completely honest with God. Complete honesty with God is required for spiritual renewal. Completely honest with the Lord. Are you willing to get completely honest with God today? I want you to notice something in verse number 28, that first phrase. It says, and Samson prayed to the Lord. Samson prayed to the Lord. What I want you to realize in that phrase is the word prayer. And Samson prayed to the Lord. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Now it's translated in our Bible in English, but the original language is in Hebrew. The word for prayed is, in verse number 28, is a Hebrew word that's found over 700 times in the Old Testament. But only one time in the Bible is it ever translated pray, and it's here in verse number 28. Of the over 700 times that Hebrew word occurs in the Old Testament, it is never translated pray. So when the Bible says that that he prayed to the Lord, there was a word used and all the other words for prayer was not used. The Holy Spirit is teaching us something. The most frequent use and translation of this word nearly 500 times in the Old Testament. It is translated either name or call. Name or call. In Genesis chapter number 1, when the Bible says God was creating the heavens and the earth, the Bible says God looked at the light and he called it day. The Bible says he looked at the darkness and he called it night. The Bible says he looked at a man he created and he called him Adam, the same Hebrew word. When Adam was given the assignment that he was to name all of the animals on the face of the earth that God had created in creation, and the Bible says that Adam named them. In all of these instances, it's the same Hebrew word translated prayed. So what is it saying? I could literally tell you, verse number 28, that opening phrase, we could actually state it this way. And finally, Samson called it what it was. Finally, Samson 
named it. He called it out. What am I saying? For the first time, Samson got honest with God. He quit blaming Delilah. He quit blaming the Philistines. He quit blaming everyone else and the circumstances and the condition and the fact that he succumbed to it and he fell asleep. He quit blaming everything else. And for the first time in Samson's life, Samson called it for what it was. He said, it's me. It's my fault. It's my weakness. I allowed the enemy to gain a place in my heart. For you see, spiritual renewal requires us to be completely honest with God. There's some of us, we're covering it up with excuse. We're saying this happened and that happened. We, we're referring to other circumstances. But here it was, Samson, he was blinded. He was in the prison house. You could hear the rhythmic sounds of the chains moving and clanging as he was grinding the wheat. And somewhere in that process when there were sweat beads upon his face, all of a sudden tears began to mingle with the perspiration running down his face. And there was an honest moment with God. And he began to cry out, although his eyes could not see, he began to say, God, it's me. I have failed you. God, help me. I'm as low, God, and as empty as anybody could be. I'm as empty as anybody could possibly find themselves. And he finally got honest and called it what it was. And it was at that moment God stepped in and God could do something fresh in his life. Do you know we all pray prayers we really don't expect God to answer? That's true. Do you ever pray a prayer like this? God, just look inside of me and see if there's anything that doesn't please you and take it out. And God starts answering that prayer and then you cry later, God, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever prayed a prayer, God, whatever it takes, humble me if you have to. God, move me out of the way. God, just interrupt my life. I need you to do something. And then God begins to intervene, and we cry out to the Lord, and we want God to rescue us from his dealings in our life. For you see, self-included, we often pray prayers. We really don't expect God to answer. But here Samson got honest with the Lord, and we've often said, an honest confession is good for the soul. In Psalm 119, verse number 26, it says this, I gave an account of my ways, and Lord, you answered me. There's something about getting honest with God. There's something that honesty takes us to a place where endurance cannot get us through, where understanding will not bring clarity, and that's some of us. Some of us are trying to figure out, how did I get here? Why can't I get beyond this? God, I, I, I don't want to be here. God, I feel like you have a purpose, but you feel stuck. You feel empty. And God calls us to honesty, inventorying our heart. Samson crawled out of the sinkhole of, not me. If there was any man that could have said, God, you've, 
you can't deal with me anymore. God, if there's anybody that could have said, not me, God, I failed. I, I, not me, God, you can't use me again. Not me, God, I messed it up. God, I threw it away. I walked away from it. I'm, I'm too broken. I'm too messed up. If anybody could have said that, it would have been Samson. But Samson crawl, crawled out of the not me sinkhole. Are you there? Have you been hurt in the past? You said, not me, never again. Not me, I'll never go there again. Has, has something deterred you? Have, you? have you had your trust wounded or fractured? And you said, never again, I'll, I'll never allow myself to feel that again. And now you feel empty, you feel unfulfilled. It's time to get honest with God. It's time to say to God, God, I need you. Oh, we can cover it up. We can say everything is fine. Somebody can ask you how you're doing, and you can give that cliche answer, I'm doing fine, but down in the secret chambers of your heart, you know you're missing something and need something more. Get honest with God. I have a six-year-old granddaughter, Alexis. She's my sweetie. This past summer, her parents were going to take the kids to to Six Flags, a day at a theme park for kids. I mean, it's wonderful. Her and her brother are going to go, and they were having plans of going to the, to the water park and riding the rides. I mean, it was going to be a great day, but the day before, she came down with a fever. And her mother and dad told her, well, if you have a fever tomorrow, we can't go to the theme park. You just, you, you can't go if you're not feeling well. We'll take your fever in the morning. If your fever doesn't break, then we won't be able to go to the theme park. And she so much wanted to go to the theme park. The next morning, they called her to take her temperature. Now, parents today, you have devices that they didn't have when we were raising our girls. I mean, my my. my uh, daughter and son-in-law, they have this little device. It's a wand, and you can just swipe it across somebody's forehead, and digitally, it instantly tells you their temperature. I mean, that is so cool. I mean, when, when our girls were little, Denise would be doing this. She'd have wrist whiplash. I mean, she's trying to get the, the thermometer uh, in the children's mouth. Because she'd have to get it set ahead of time. Well, they would just take they just take the wand right now and swipe it across the kid's forehead, and it tells them the temperature. Well, my daughter Alexis heard, "Come, we got to take your temperature." So before she went in there, she went and snuck into the freezer and got an ice cube and started wiping her forehead with the ice cube back and forth. So she went in there, and they swiped, and sure enough, no fever whatsoever. Isn't that interesting? So they went off. Later on that day, she wasn't feeling good and had a fever, and she finally disclosed it, and the kids asked. I said, well, that's just faith she was exercising. She was exercising Hebrews 11 faith. She was calling those things that are not or those they are. That's my little baby. You be nice to her. I wonder if we do that with God. I wonder if some of us are doing that today and saying, God, I'm all right. God, everything is cool. I just learned to adjust to it. Oh, I don't have as much as I used to. But I realize, God, this is perhaps all you want for me, and we haven't got honest with God. Are we blaming somebody? Have we accepted less than what God intends? Because we truly have not just said, Lord, in my heart,
in my life, something needs to change. Samson called it. He named it for what he was. It's the first step for spiritual renewal. The second step for spiritual renewal is willing to do something new. Is willing to do something new. If you want spiritual renewal, if you're asking God to to renew your life, renew your heart, renew your faith, give you a fresh breath of hope, give you new perspective, give you a new goal in life, a new purpose in life, then you have to be willing to do something new. And it's found in verse number 28. Let's look there again. Now, as I read it, I'm going to point out there are three things that happened for the first time in Samson's life. And this next part of the verse, as I read it, three things are mentioned that are not mentioned in his life before this moment. We have the whole story of Samson's life, Judges 14, 15, and 16. But in verse 28, three things are going to be mentioned of Samson that's not never mentioned before in his life. Let me point them out to you. The first one, and then Samson prayed to the Lord. Not only only is this word used for the first time in the Bible, translated pray, it's never said of Samson before. It's interesting in the life of Samson, we never have a count before this of him ever praying to the Lord. So number one, he, for the first time, he was willing to do something he's not done before. He prayed. Let's look on. And he said, sovereign Lord. Stop there. The word sovereign means full authority, in control of, completely submitted to. For the first time in Samson's life, here's what he was saying, I'll do it God's way when he said sovereign Lord. Every time before that he refers to God, but now he is saying sovereign Lord. He's declaring something. He said, I'm not going to let my personality, I'm not going to let my weakness, I'm not going to let my flesh, I'm not going to let my human nature make any more decision. For the first time in my life, I'm going to do it completely God's way. Sovereign Lord. Let's read on. Lord, remember me, please, God. It's the first time in Samson's life he ever says, please. He humbles his heart. For the first time, he is not asserting his own individuality. He is saying, God, please do something in my, please, God, strengthen me just once more. From that, I want to encourage a spiritual renewal Spiritual renewal, it requires us being willing to do things we've never done before. You know how easy it is to just get in a routine. You can come to service. And sometimes we can get so routine about it, you can say, I know what they're doing at this particular time, even when you're not here. You look at the choruses on the screen, and you can say the choruses and look at it and notice the colored lights going on, and you can daydream in service. When the presence of God is happening, when the glory of God is happening, when the Holy Spirit is speaking, you can have your electronic device checking your Facebook. You're in the presence of God Almighty, and you're distracted with a tweet or a text or emailing or texting somebody. You're more worried about the getting three people more in line at a restaurant or going over there or what time the kickoff is or what time the game is going to start. We get distracted with the routine. 
We can get in a practice. We can get in a routine and go through it day after day and do things the same way. We can live in a time of spiritual experience where all the things we quote is what God spoke to us six months ago or six years ago. Where all the promises that you, you call out and you live on and all the verbiage in your prayer life are words that God gave you two years ago and promises God gave you two years ago and you haven't had a fresh promise. You haven't discovered something fresh in the Word and something fresh in the Holy Spirit for the last couple years so we keep repeating and regurgitating what God used to do and we make the mistake of, real, of thinking that yesterday's obedience will give us today's blessing, and it doesn't happen that way. Oh, we had a great experience from God. God did something in our heart. God did a fresh moment in our heart. God spoke to us, and God brought life to us. God brought strength to us in a past moment, and we live on that. And we don't get a fresh experience because we don't do anything new. We just go through the same spiritual practice over and over again. And there are moments, God says, for spiritual renewal, you must be willing to do something you've never done before. Do something in your worship you've never done before. Do something in your spiritual journey you've never done before. There's some of us, we used to pray in the Spirit and when we would begin to pray spontaneous, the, the language of tongues would come out and we would just unburden our heart. But you haven't been fluent in the Spirit in months or maybe years. It's time to get a fresh touch of God. We can just, we can just repeat the same verbiage. How about today allowing your heart as the worship team is going to come back on the platform? And we're going to go into a moment of worship. How about God doing something fresh and vibrant and new in your spirit today? I'll share with you. God doesn't want visiting rights in your life. God wants full custody. God wants full custody. He doesn't want to be the holiday God that he's recognized at Christmas and Easter he doesn't want to be the, the 911 God that's only called upon when there's a crisis and an emergency in your life. He wants to be Lord of your life every day. He wants full custody. And there comes a time when God says, be willing to do something new. Some of us have prayed to the Lord, but we've never said, God, I'm going all the way in. Could this be your day? In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand. But there are some people you need to come down and make a commitment to the Lord. You've, you've made a mental, you've made a partial, you made a, 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 a nominal uh, commitment to the Lord. But I'm going to call you to make a full, wholehearted commitment to Jesus today. Oh, we say frequently in the church, let him be Savior. We have lost the verbiage, Savior and Lord. That has been lost in the American church. I'm calling you to make him Savior and Lord. Do you need a fresh touch from the Lord? Do you need a fresh move of God? Do you want to have the Spirit of God where he speaks to you when you're just driving down the road, when you open the Bible and it just it becomes alive to you? 
and you, you look at your, your issues and your, your concerns and your challenges and then all of a sudden in the midst of all that emotional conversation something wells up in your heart and it's God's hope and faith seems to take over and you live on that and God gives you a promise. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about crawling out of the sinkhole of not me. Some of us see ourselves as damaged goods and you're saying, not me, God can't work with me. Yes, I had a conversation with somebody in the church the latter part of this past week and they're saying, God, Pastor, I think I, I think I messed up. Don't, don't think God will ever be able to move. Don't think God can help me. Don't think God can rescue me. I don't, think, I don't know if God can pull me. I've messed up and I'm going to tell you God has moments where if you'll just get honest with Him, He can come in. And he can strengthen you one more time. One more time. You see, God can fill you with the Holy Spirit. God can refill you with the Holy Spirit. God can give you a fresh joy. God can give you a new song. God wants to do something new in your life. So I'm going to invite you to stand together with me right now. Put your electronic device down, your Bible aside. And I'm going to just declare this entire auditorium from balcony to the main floor, front to back and side to side. We're going to call it holy ground right now. We're going to call it holy ground. Would you just, would you just close your eyes and lift up your hands and let's just invite the Holy Spirit in. Oh, Holy Spirit, come into this house. Come into this house. Oh, I just, I just sense God just stepped in right now. Just sensed his presence stepping in right now please no leaving no leaving we're an altar service altar service is holy ground altar service is i will protect the anointing and westover we've got in the habit of walking out in altar services and the culture of this church is we we respect the anointing of god please this is the most important moment in the church right now join me join me right now in worship join me holy spirit Holy Spirit, you're in this house. God, you're in this house. Begin to move. Begin to move, oh God. Begin to move, oh Lord. Would you just begin to cry out unto the Lord? We're a spirit-filled church. It's all right to pray in the spirit. Oh God, we worship you, Lord. Oh God, we worship you, Lord. There are people, Lord, they haven't wept in years. The, the emotion, the depth of their heart. God, in the name of Jesus, baptize them with tears of joy today. In the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, oh God, bring a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing in the altar. Bring a fresh anointing in worship. If you want to be filled or refilled with the Holy Spirit, if that's you, if you want to be filled or refilled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you to just come down here in the front. Just come down in the front as, a, as an indication of your heart's desire. Your heart's desire to seek the Lord and know. If you've, if you've prayed in the Spirit in the past, but you don't have a fluency in the, in, in, in the Spirit, I'm going to invite you to come forward right now. And when you come forward, I want you to begin to just worship the Lord in the Spirit. To, to gain fluency in the Holy Spirit again. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you come forward. Believe God to fill you today. Just come asking, Lord, God, do something fresh in my life. Come asking. 
if you're looking for a fresh experience in your worship and you know you need something fresh. I've lost my song. I've lost my song. I feel like my spirit is in drought. You come. If that's you, you come. I feel like I'm in a spiritual drought. You come right now. Holy Spirit, oh God. Holy Spirit, I've sensed from the beginning of this service somebody somebody's hurt you there's people in here you've been hurt and as it were a clock on the wall when the when the battery has gone out the clock quit moving and you're frozen into a moment and you have not advanced since then you've been hurt and you haven't you haven't advanced spiritually since that moment if that's you would you come forward and let the holy spirit heal you come forward right now just, just say, God, I'm going to take it to the altar. I'm, I'm going to take it to the. I'm going to take my hurt, and I'm going to leave it at the altar. I'm not going to take my hurt with me. I'm not going to let it define me anymore. Oh God, oh God, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. God, begin to fill people down here with the Holy Spirit. Begin to fill people with the Spirit, God. We're coming hungering. God need a fresh touch from you. God fill them with the Holy Spirit. As we worship now, let's just enter the deeper experience the Lord has for us right now.